0: episode of talking the terror we have on deck the terror season two i don't even know what episode are we on i think we're on episode five um boy it's been a it's been a tough day for the terror um i am jen i'm broadcasting from the beautiful state of hawaii on maui it's gorgeous everything is beautiful here and i'm joined by my co-host kinte kinte how are you today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh here ready to talk some terror.
0: All right. So, I just got through watching this last episode and I I'm 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 going to give you my honest feeling. Okay? My honest feeling is I really do love the drama. I I absolutely enjoy watching everything that is unfolding i feel like these people the reason i know that this is an effective drama is because i cried in this episode mm-hmm. i i look i mean i'm not exactly a lightweight but i'm you know i move moved to emotion right I, I i have my moments but i don't usually cry for just like sort of no reason i'm not that hormonal mm-hmm. and this episode really made me cry and i think that The reason it made me cry is because I was just overwhelmed by a sense of maybe uh, post-episode four, not really a lot of resolution, but a a a sort of coming down of uh, emotion. And it was big. It was very big. So before I get into my sort of take on what happened this episode what were your initial feelings or i know we talked last time about how you feel like it's slow and you know it's not going any place very quickly i'm i'm here to recognize that and you know be moral support through it um but but also just realize that we are definitely going to clash just a little bit on that one you know
1: sometimes i hate to say something is slow because the connotation sometimes is not very good to the person saying that. Hmm. And I don't like it sometimes when someone just says something is slow. So what I will say, instead of it being slow for me, it was, it wasn't very entertaining for me. Hmm. Uh, I'll say that. Um, But these last two episodes have been pretty good. Um, This episode uh, tonight was, was excellent. I thought. So I, I, I think building off of what they did last week, this was a good follow-up to that. Um, it's still, you know, I mean, I still have my reservations, but just this episode in the vacuum, uh, it was a pretty good episode. It kept my attention all the way through.
0: I, I okay, so I'm gonna do a layer this, right? I'm gonna take away the element of the supernatural insofar as I can. say that as a historical drama this series casts a really long shadow and what I mean by that is I see what I can see in front of me on tv but I recognize the absolute there's there's uh, an overarching symbolism here that is perhaps maybe just even a little too relevant right now and i don't mean that in a bad way i mean in a great way because it really feels very timely but there is something that is so emotionally sad about what's happening too that in the vein of good uh and and hmm, I, I, I struggle to sort of genre this as horror, but in the vein of good drama, good serial thriller drama, this show delivers. There are some just fascinating little pieces of human dynamic happening, and the best of which was on show with Chester and the uh, the POW. That entire sequence back and forth and then us seeing what was happening in the camp going back to chester was masterfully done masterfully done because at each almost at each segue it felt like we were watching congru well congruous lines we were watching very similar stories unfold but in two very different parts of the world it was it just absolutely was fascinating to me The supernatural piece, and we got a huge taste of that at the end, which God, that was absolutely freaky. But throughout the episode, this was one of the less supernatural pieces um, until we started to get to the end. And it and it worked almost better than some of the other episodes the moment that you realize that the pow is not supernatural not yuri uh and not uh that there is nothing different from him other than what makes him exceptional because of what he's going through opens up a brand new expanse of how does chester deal with that piece and i feel like that was just absolutely brilliantly written what did you think
1: no i mean i thought it was i thought it was very well done as well and um you know any good show has a lot of good layers to it and keeps you off kilter and that definitely did so kudos to them for doing that
0: there were there's so many um there's there's a lot of stuff to unpack um and if we look at this episode sort of sequentially mm-hmm. the, at the beginning, I, I I just sort of as a as a side note, but, you know, also toward the beginning, I was really surprised to find out that after all of that uh, lead up that Luce is the one who was the ghost woman, the quote unquote ghost woman uh, in hide and seek. Right. And that was really fascinating to me. I I don't think that that was um, that that was a mistake on their part. As in, like they were leading up to something. I think that Luce is actually "unquote" Ghost Woman uh, in Hide right. and Seek. That was really fascinating to me. Okay. I I don't think that that was um, that we that was a mistake. On their part, as in, like they were leading up to something. I think mm-hmm. that, that just played back, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, okay. So, uh, so, okay. So, I don't think it was a mistake. I think it was absolutely intentional and a signal that loose is something has a bigger part to play in the story than even we've seen so far. I, I, I sort of want to get down to kind of brass tacks though the the whole search for uh Takiyama, what do you think about that
1: um give me a little more what you're asking well,
0: what do you think about this whole? okay so he's a translator chester's a translator and they're on the the trail of this elusive admiral right well, what do you think of that piece of the story
1: Um, I really, at this point, I don't have any set in stone thoughts of what I think about it. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, to be honest with you, I haven't put a lot of thought into where that's going. I'm just kind of along for the ride with that. Mm -hmm.
0: So to me, this feels like we are chasing paper tigers, Mm -hmm. i mean it's there and and it's clearly a part of some piece of this narrative but it almost always feels like it is this huge thing that we will never understand why did the pow give chester his birth date what does that matter
1: Mm -hmm. i have no idea
0: it's it's such an Odd thing, and uh, and it it feels uh, it, it feels like even Chester's superior officer was far too placated with that information. <laughs> what what would that even be? Why would that even matter? Um, it just, something just seems so off there, you know, off. I think in sort of the best way um because when things don't make sense oftentimes especially in horror they tend to sort of they find a way to equalize the the i think that what people will find though out of this episode or what we're going to hear all over social media is that there wasn't enough supernatural instance there wasn't enough sort of horror in this or terror if you will in this to propel us but i am you know i know we spoke about the last season, the last time. And I'm sort of reminded of one of the episodes where uh, basically it was us trying to figure out how things would unfold with a captain who was going through detox and why any of it sort of mattered. I mean, we knew that there was, you know, sort of this element of the supernatural, but it didn't, it never felt to us like, you know, there was anything sort of important about Understanding that until we start getting to the end, and then all the things that make up the characters become important. This episode was titled uh, "Shattered Like a Pearl," and Chester actually uses that line, sort of in the mid of middle of the episode, um, mm-hmm. and it's and it's it, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting expression um, and again you know i was kind of struck by how this episode like i had said before really personalizes the 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 story about who chester is what chester really stands for and and also across the world how the people in the internment camp are struggling with their own sort of doubts and different kinds of demons um not wanting to sign the papers saying you know hey you have absolute authority over me in in you know in in those two questions um you know i i absolutely will it, things that are things that we would never consider saying things that we would never consider saying and yet you know i find myself looking at this and thinking wow you know this is so timely because isn't this sort of what is happening with us today it's it, there, there's there are some dual pieces here that are super interesting but i'm i'm digressing a little bit i just i i really would like to hear from you I, I know that you're not super invested in the in all the little pieces of the story but did anything stand out to you about how those two stories were running
1: thomas Howe's character i want to punch him in his face Every time he makes a
0: you know his little racist comments, oh god,
1: okay, no he annoys the crap out of me. Um,
0: He's good at being annoying, isn't he?
1: He is, he he is. Um, and uh, going back to uh, going back to uh, what you're saying about the, the storylines, uh, I mean, we opined before you know they kind of before Chester went off that that was pretty much what was going to happen, you know? I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that. We, we figured that that, that was going to happen, uh, you know, in the, the dual locations. And, um, you know, we're seeing it. And I think it needed to happen because Chester is obviously the lead, and this gives him a chance to branch out more, you know what I mean? And his character to stick out more in his situation. And then, and then also you have... The other the, everybody else you know in their proper perspective so i think that works from a storytelling um narrative um and it works you know just for the politics of trying to you know tell the story and to elevate chester you know um, so i like it i think it's necessary and also I think at some point when they all reunite it's going to make for a good moment on the series
0: um you know i'm 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 curious as to whether or not um this yuri is protecting chester or trying to harm him i i, I can't I, go
1: both ways with it but more so i think in the protection
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I didn't feel that way at first, but now I am sort of feeling that way. Um, And, and I, and, and I, you know, I kind of say I'm, I'm, I'm maybe more confused than I was before about whether or not we're dealing with two separate entities or one, because I, I have to wonder if Yuko is maybe part of a duality and and that we are seeing something more split at work here than just one thing i don't know i i mean i have like a million questions which in some ways feels really good because i really like it when when shows challenge my sort of ability to see through them nothing feels like it's just being open and transparent and and we're not being led by the hand to figure stuff out at the same time though there are i have so many big questions about what's happening that it's a little it it starts to stack up pretty quickly like why did uh why did she need to be okay why was the yuri at the end uh the 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 dead thing that we saw why did that deed? why did that body need to get transported all the way over to Chester? I mean, I don't have an answer for that. I, it, I uh, if
1: you're expecting an answer from me i I don't either. I, to be honest with you, this is one of the shows that i i'm a I could say I'm a passive watcher as far as like a lot of shows you just kind of okay, this is what's gonna happen, or whatever. And in some cases, that's true with this show. But in this case, uh, there's things where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let it come to me. Uh, I know as a podcaster, I know this more than anybody, that our job is to wonder and guess. And you know what I'm saying? Um, so maybe I'm failing as a podcaster. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it was a great visual moment, though. Oh, my God. And frightening, too, because, you know, he's he's in a position where he can't move or get away or do anything right that that thing coming at him you know it was frightening so
0: you know it's it's strange i know i'm reading too much into this so just bear with me I'm, i'm admitting that right now but it did it felt a lot to me like this episode dealt with the whole premise of choices being taken away from you because either somebody else is taking that choice from you or you are not allowed what you need to complete the choice and i go back to the the camp where the uh where the family is at and think about the relationship that's happening there and how the questionnaire when she goes to change those questions on the questionnaire she takes his choice away from him he made a firm stance right But she took that choice away from him by changing his answers. Now, for whatever, I mean, I'm sure, you know, her motive was her motive, but she still took it away from him. And the POW is also his choice was he could have taken the choice. I, I suppose he could have he could have figured out a way to, like Chester says, commit suicide. But he didn't. And then, then the choice was taken away from him and Chester gave it back to him. So that, I don't know, that seemed obviously pretty important, but then at the end, we also have the, basically the Chester is completely and totally helpless and cannot make a choice for himself. And I don't, I, again, you know, something about that scene, it was terrifying, but something about that scene made me think that, that. If, if it had wanted to harm Chester, it already would have. Right. I, I just, I don't, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that this all is leading up to harm Chester. Although perhaps, you know, in a, in a grander scheme, maybe there is something bigger in terms of what harm is, what harm means. I mean, you know you can endure a lot before you eventually give up. But I don't think that that's what this is about. I, I don't know, honestly. No, that's clearly
1: not uh, trying to harm at all.
0: So what did you think about Luz leaving?
1: Um, honestly, with her state of mind and where she's at, part of it it wasn't surprising. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um. And then remember, you know, the thing that was binding her to there is no longer there.
0: That's yeah, that's true. And and it was interesting to me that Luce gave uh, Chester's mom the the. The rattle thing uh and said you know give this back to yuko i the the reason that i feel like that means something is because it really was sort of a giving up of anything that tethered her to that physical location i i honestly i i hope that and i don't think that it is the end but i i really hope that this isn't the end for that character Because I personally feel like the loose character has become over the past couple of episodes, for sure, just an absolute stellar presence in the show. And not just important, like, you know, okay, well, yeah, important because, uh, you know, it's all about Chester, but important... Also, for the the screen itself, there's something special about when she is on screen. And it it sort of, it it adds an element that none of the other characters quite give the story. I I really like her a lot. I I was so sad for her in the beginning when she sees the babies in the water. But, you know, oh God, it's going to remind me of what I was thinking. I had written a note about her seeing the babies in the water. Means that uh, the the great conduit to the afterlife or the great conduit to the spirit world is through water. I mean, that's multicultural. It runs across lines. It's, it tends to be a thing that when you talk about uh, ways to channel spirituality, it often comes through water. And the fact that she saw the babies in the water and especially in that particular water, made me think that there is something to what we talked about the last time, that maybe the twins... Maybe there is something actually still happening there. I don't know what it is, but maybe that is. Uh, Someone had suggested that perhaps Yuko needed the twins in order to stay in her form. Because remember how she was kind of falling apart at the beginning? Mm -hmm. And that maybe she needed... blood of them or something and that's why she basically fell apart and now is sort of in this you know weird dead state i don't know how much i can agree with that just because some things just don't make sense in there i I don't even know how to explain that but but it does seem like there is something happening there am i reading too much into it
1: no that's i mean i've always felt like the babies were important to her so in, on some levels i don't know if their death hurt them hurt her or i don't know how that is figuring out to be honest with you i'm i'm at a loss
0: well okay i'm gonna ask you another question so if if the the yuko storyline if there is something important here that we should remember from the beginning episodes it's it, it's the conversation that yuko had with chester at the very beginning and if you go back and rewatch that it's it feels pretty important that yuko's direction to chester seems to it, it seems to be pretty on the money right now like There's nothing that has happened with Yuko that makes me think that 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 she is malevolent toward Chester. But at the same time, there is clearly something else happening that is either malevolent toward Chester or malevolent toward the family. And and I don't you know I remember speculating that I thought that this might be a case of the sins of the father being visited on the sin on the on the uh, on the person of the son, uh-huh. and I don't know if that still holds water. But partly because that I feel like the middle part of the story is sort of disintegrating, and I don't know where it got left. Right there's uh-huh. there's the there's Chester's dad. And then there's the people at the internment camp. And I i don't, that loose affiliation of men that were sort of together and talking all the time are no longer together and talking all the time. right? does that, do you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, I think at this point, there's just not enough information to really make a, a educated guess on what's happening. Um, I, if you think about it, look what happened, right? Um, that guy tried to de- destroy their boat and was basically murdered. <laughs> you know right. so it seems like that's protection, right? Uh, something happened where that guy was intimidating um the father and then he got caught in that machine you know
0: but 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 my question I think is it, and does this actually lend itself toward this idea of duality that there are two separate things happening? There's one piece is the possessions, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then the other piece is the yuko piece. And maybe the yuko piece is not the same as the possession pieces. Mm. I I don't know for sure, but I, I am getting the distinct impression that we are perhaps reading so much into this being a single supernatural element that maybe it's really not. Maybe there are multiple things happening here and we're concentrating too hard on one piece because that's the road that will, that that makes the most sense at the moment. I mean, I I loved at the moment in this this episode when Chester takes uh, the POW's picture and says, (laughs) okay, well, you're not a Yuri because you're not blurry in the picture. I mean, so there's a little bit of, uh I it, it feels almost disbelief on my part just to think that, okay, is that that's so that's how he's identifying stuff? I mean, I don't know, that it just feels weird. But on the other hand it seems as if Chester has completely accepted this whole thing, and it, it's just so rooted in sort of his experience that maybe, that maybe that's why we, as a, as the audience, are sort of not seeing everything that we should see? Because through Chester's eyes, he has accepted it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, the, what I can say is that this episode, when it as it concentrated more on Chester's ability to extract information in a way that was disarming and charming at some points, um, as he talked about baseball, as he talked about his experience being American... All that stuff felt very. um, It felt like, okay, so this is where he's at. This is he's he's trying to, like you said before, do a good job naively, thinking that that's what needs to be done. And then at the same time, I'm sorry, hold. Very naive. I'm, I'm so sorry. I had an alarm going off in the back of my, uh, no, it's okay. my background. Um,
1: I gate by the way in the chat room. yeah <laughs>
0: he he is naive. He's super naive. but but maybe there's something more to this. maybe maybe his ability to to communicate on so many different levels and see so much that maybe is hidden from the rest of us, like the baseball thread. I mean I don't know if I would have picked that up right Um, and to see into the code maybe that's the cue for us to sort of realize that Chester uh, can communicate on many different levels maybe Chester can communicate between the spirit world and the regular world I don't know I, I have a lot of questions and a lot of sort of feelings about what they might be leading up to but i can say after this episode that i really like the ride that this provides us that yes okay i've got all these supernatural questions and i hope that some of them get answered in some ways and it's kind of cool to watch them unfold but the method by which they are unraveling everything is is really I, i know you don't feel this way but I feel like it is very entertaining. Entertaining not in, in a traditional, in one of my traditional ways, but entertaining in the sense that there is so much to understand about the characters. The ca- this is such a character deep dive that it's, it, it's just, it's so different. It's very different from what I think we might be used to
1: yeah it's very different and you know by the nature of who's in it and what the subject matter is it's very different and that's one thing i do appreciate about this
0: yeah it's it 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 definitely approaches uh the story in a very unique kind of way um You know, the the other thing that I I just wanted to point out was at one point, one of the characters says, oh, it's one of the, uh, one of the translators, says that they heard about uh, a translator that took a a flamethrower to the face or something and came out okay. And, yeah, so (laughs) I'm i don't know exactly like what to read into that little piece of of dialogue but doesn't it seem to you that that sort of sets chester up as sort of being kind of uh not invincible but very hardy um differently hardy than maybe we would expect like remember how we were talking about you know the this idea of protection Maybe there's some, maybe there really is something pretty big happening in that sense.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I just took it as that's just a way of, you know, just recounting what happened in the last episode. I didn't make it that deep, Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, it is, uh, it is definitely true. He did take a a flamethrower and uh, survive, even though he was underneath the body but still though you know he could have very easily died right right um, but uh i mean he was very pretty much unscathed so
0: i'm i'm also a little curious to hear what you think um about how at the uh well i guess how the relationship at the uh at the camp now is sort of feeling a bit different like do i mean to me the the most interesting thing to me in, in this episode that i actually noticed maybe it was there all along but i actually noticed it more is that there's so much more structure now for us to see i mean physically structure like the long barbed wire uh gates that went up the the runs that are sort of like the you know uh the I don't know what to call them, but they're all the enclosures where we didn't have as many enclosures before um, and things like that. It it felt really it felt like they're really building that world up uh, sort of before our eyes like, oh, this is way more than just sort of a temporary thing. This feels like a, a permanent or they're trying to make it a permanent enclosure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's interesting. I I didn't think of that at all. Um, But I feel like they have no idea what's going to happen because, you know, who knows? They they may feel like maybe they might execute. You know, it depends on how the war is going. So, you know, I think they're just very unsure about how this is all going to play out. And they're ready for anything, you know.
0: when things incrementally change around you, sometimes you don't notice them. Right. And so, you know, a, a simple question about whether you will be loyal to your country can feel like it's not that important. But then, you know, when you really think about it, maybe it means a lot more than you expected. Why are you giving me a purity test? I was born here that there from okay so from a from a philosophical standpoint that piece feels very like okay this is a structure that suddenly appeared but then it's mirrored in the physical world with all of the actual structures that come up where look you know they really are trying to hem people in and keep them you know in sort of quote unquote in their lane this there is something sort of parallel running in that whole track, and the, and the idea that, that 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 at least some people are trying to keep to a sense of normalcy, carry on a relationship, find a place to sneak away, you know, those things, they also seem fairly important because you know human beings don't just stop being human beings just because you round them up and put them into big camps. I, I had an experience that I'm going to tell you about. Um, I was cruising social media. On the terror's main page, this is uh, basically their Facebook feed, and one of the comments—it was a little trolling, but I think he, I think he was on to something in a, in a very interesting way. What this person said was uh, they felt that they had been tricked by the story to sneak in a political message about today, and now. I knew what this story was gonna be about last year, right? Because they announced last year that George Takai would be involved and that it was about Japanese internment camp. And this was sort of before a lot of the things that are happening in our today world were happening. Um, And so I I personally did not feel tricked. But when you look at what is happening uh, in the terror, and you mirror it to what is happening today, it's easy to understand why people feel like they are being uh, tricked, maybe isn't the right word, but why they're, maybe they're getting trolled themselves. Like, hmm, well, you know, maybe they're just trying to teach us a lesson. And, and I, I felt compelled myself to write that, yes, I actually think that this is a lesson. You wouldn't feel this way. You wouldn't feel like you were being tricked. If there wasn't something that was tying your experience today to the experience that they are that they're recounting historically here. In other words, there is definitely a center of the terror that connects with exactly what is sort of happening to us today. All of our questions, all of our our uh, sentiments about what is it to be American, it does not feel so far in the distant past when you watch the terror and realize that those same exact questions were being asked then. Does that do you know what I'm saying?
1: No, I mean it makes perfect sense. And you know what? Yeah, he got tricked because he was stupid. So <laughs> and, uh, no, I feel so bad for him. Aww. You know. I, I
0: I think a lot of people uh they say that they felt uh social media well, to say that they felt um like the episodes are too slow and i think that i think in some ways they're actually expecting something different from the series than they will ever get i don't think that they will get what they are looking for from the series they're not going to get the tunbach moment because it, this isn't the tunbach series right this is not I mean, we talked about this on the last episode this is not that story. But but I think a, a kind of careful patience with what's happening here really pays off in the human drama that is this historical with pieces of uh with pieces of horror. Well, I don't even know if I want to call it well, with with elements of the supernatural woven into the storyline. And uh, you know in the the la- in our last podcast Ooh. you said, right, mm-hmm. that you felt like uh maybe the supernatural piece had been shoehorned into the story and and I think that in some ways that's what that guy was also trying to say like you know, look, you said you were going to well you said you were going to but you know he felt like that's what was being said that it, this was supposed to be story of you know some really supernatural scary thing and here what we have is no it's not so supernaturally scary and it's really just about a Japanese internment camp and I I, I wonder if you look at it through that lens is that that actually how you feel
1: I actually more I'm more interested in the history than I the the uh, supernatural part of it
0: mm.
1: so i don't no I'm, I'm not him at all i don't have oh,
0: no I, i'm not saying that you're him i'm saying that from the perspective of because uh, I, I, I don't mean do you feel tricked. i mean do you feel like there is like the representation of what was supposed to happen in this uh, the series as an anthology is perhaps not happening
1: no i mean i just feel like it's they put this in the wrong section. That's all. It should have been its own thing.
0: I I think that you actually might be right. Um, I because because I'm less and less inclined to feel like this is uh, horror related and more inclined to feel like this is a uh, historical drama thriller. But I have to say. That if I go back to uh, the terror, although there were moments of the terror being very scary, I also feel like it. the terror in the first season was also absolutely not a horror story either. Right. It was a story of the lost expedition of the Erebus and the terror, and this is what we've got out of it. Right. I mean like that to me feels more important actually. And, and this doesn't seem to be any exception.
1: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree.
0: Where I think we diverge slightly is just in the idea that far <laughs> more entertaining. I think than even a lot of people that I'm reading from on social media who don't, you know, they're frustrated. They're frustrated because it's not moving fast enough. They're frustrated because uh, because they want things to happen, which don't seem to be happening. And the other thing which, which I personally like, but I, I understand why people get upset with it, is that they feel like they keep getting led on, right? Uh, that, it, you know, at the end of every episode, there's like this sort of cliffhanger and it feels like, oh, my God, maybe something amazing is going to happen in the next episode. And then the next episode comes around and there's no fulfilling answer to what is happening. And I, I sort of I, I mean, I understand why people feel that way, but I feel like that is exactly the recipe for every good serial through, you know, the history of running cereals up until maybe 30 or so years ago. So it's interesting that people get super frustrated about it, but I can see it. I, I do understand why.
1: Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. It's a, it's quite, um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It doesn't, I, I, I have, I don't like it, that or whatever.
0: It, it takes a lot of patience to unravel uh, historical pieces, and and the, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people that don't want to unravel them. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I I also at the same time think that this particular series will always have the issue of it is. It is essentially telling us a historical fiction that is woven with the supernatural, but the supernatural is less important than the drama of the characters. And I'm not even sure at this point what we are witnessing. I, I just don't know. There is a part of me that wonders if... Is Chester... I keep going back to this idea that maybe Chester is some kind of Molester. spirit guide. Yeah. Uh clearly he's attractive to the the spirit for some reason. But he he hasn't been possessed. Um we talked about that on the last episode too, right? Um he's not being used as a vehicle, so what is his purpose? There, I don't know. Again, you know, there's it. It does feel like there are some really big, big questions involved in what's happening. And you know, I just I go back a lot and think about uh, some of some of the my past experiences with really good series that were limited in scope, and how in it kind of comes down to the last two or three episodes where things really start to come together or really fall apart and then come together. Um, And up to that point, it just takes so much of your emotional investment to get through this. I mean, I remember feeling this way about American horror story. I remember feeling this way about the first season of the terror. I remember feeling this way about a bunch of different series where, you know, sort of every season, definitely had this sense of wow there's a whole lot to kind of stick to in order to get the payoff which tends to you know and it's not for everybody so I, I do sort of understand that um okay so I, I have I have a a deeper question for you what did you think about um about the idea of uh his name was Terajima, by the way. I just remembered what it was. Uh, Terajima, the POW. What did you think about Chester giving him the knife to commit suicide?
1: Um, I thought, in his mind, it was a mercy killing. You know? So he was kind of doing a, a um, Kevorkian type thing. <laughs> you know? Um I think he thought that that was the best for him, you know, um, and I think it was right.
0: You think that it was right for him to do that? I think so. I think so so I, I'm I'm also of a very uh, similar mind, and you know, I'm just a, a a white woman interpreting Japanese culture here. But I remember after reading uh, James Clavell's *Shogun*. How incredibly intrinsic honor was to the people of Japan and from a historical sense. And, and then when I went back and looked at it, um, that they, they were basically the reason that they carried those knives with them was because in case they were actually captured by the enemy, rather than giving the enemy any information, the honorable thing to do is take your own life. And it's not like we haven't done that, right? Because, I mean, we have all these kinds of tales in the U.S. about how lots of secret operatives carry around cyanide pills and things like that in case you're in a situation where you think, okay, I'm going to be tortured. This is going to be the death of me. You can commit suicide on the way out. I don't know. like I, A lot of societies do this, but the Japanese definitely have kind of a... Uh, a very societally interwoven piece of history around this. And it felt to me like Chester was, um, it felt to me like Chester was not just giving him a good way out, but basically giving him his dignity back. And that dignity could only sort of transpire after Chester got to know him more and then the payoff of him allowing, uh, uh, of him allowing basically the the suicide to happen for from Teruijima was the little bit of information that he was looking for, the tiny little bit of information, right? Does that, do you know what I'm saying? No, it makes, no,
1: sense. It makes perfect sense. No, I agree with you. Um, also, even in with the thing that we do, You know, you have a cyanide capsule. So if another podcaster gets a hold of you, right, you're going to take it, right? So you won't share our.
0: Oh, was it cyanide I was supposed to have? Shoot, you know what? I'm going to have to replace it because I think mine's got like ecstasy in it or something.
1: Uh, Or that
0: too. (laughs) I I don't. I don't. I, I actually think, you know, in some ways that that the whole the whole idea of this is so. It it makes me, it staggers my brain, right? That you would be in a position where you would think that committing suicide would be the better way out rather than facing whatever it was that was, you know, uh, behind door number two. And, and yet, uh, th- this show definitely does a good job of explaining why it was so bad. I mean, there is nothing good that's going to happen from... Uh, of the POW of Tajima, uh, ending up going to this other place. Nothing good is going to happen. That's pretty clearly obvious. But the idea that Chester, who is supposed to be an American operative, gives him that final way out, sort of says that, you know, obviously, again, Chester is walking in two worlds. He's not just one thing or other. He's firmly in the center, right? Doesn't Do you know what I'm saying? I, I hope that that seems I, I hope that that seems like a fair assessment. i I feel like it is. um but I have a habit of reading a lot into this character and and it, it's not disproven, but I can't really explain why I feel that way. I just feel like Chester is some kind of he's he's a walk between two worlds, man. He doesn't just walk between the young and the old. He doesn't just walk between the Americans and the Japanese. He he walks between the living and the dead. And that, there's something pretty... did
1: somebody say something about that? about that? Didn't they say, like, you are a dead walking amongst the living? Or yes, something?
0: yes, they did. Yeah. And they yeah. said it directly to Chester, too. Yeah,
1: crazy. But,
0: but at that point, I think we were sort of being duped a little bit because what we thought was the Yuri was actually not... Right. And so, but that, you know, in some ways that doesn't really even matter because honestly, we know that there are so many coded messages, hint hint, that are happening both on the level and sort of off the level that it very well could mean something that is uh, a little bit more the name of this episode, um, or the way that the the terror on social media, uh, represented this episode was dead man walking
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and y- you know <laughs> okay so that feels relevant clearly like hey we should be paying attention to this who was the dead man walking you know wh- and and what does that really even mean i don't know um uh, my guess is that in our next uh, by our next podcast that we will have uh a couple of answers, not as many as I think we would like, but a couple of answers that may shine a light on what the purpose of uh, chasing Chester is I, I also am not going to count out the fact that the Colonel isn't just going to go chase Chester down and interrupt uh Hugo's attempt to do whatever it is that she's going to do to Chester, or that it's going to do whatever it's going to do to Chester. Um, because I could almost see that coming from a mile away. You know, yeah. th- where again, you know, cliffhanger, but yeah, probably not the cliffhanger that would
1: It, looks, it like. looks like he's in 100% health in the
0: next episode, so. What's that?
1: It looks like he's in 100% health in the next episode. The, and,
0: and, that, and that to me seems, yeah, that to me seems like that's why you know, maybe we're not going to find out exactly what we think we're going to find out, but still, we should find some interesting things out. So, yeah. well, I guess we'll have to stay tuned and and see what happens. All right. I, I, I'm I'm gonna end uh this episode or this podcast by saying that for the people who are really frustrated with the way that it's that the the story is working. I, I honestly think that if you're not happy up until this point, this really may not be the show for you because I don't see any, I don't see any huge changes in the way that they're presenting the story. I see a lot of changes from where we were at the beginning, but I don't think that we are necessarily going to all of a sudden ramp up the supernatural until maybe the very end. And up until then it's just gonna be, a slow and steady drip of information so i I feel i feel like that's important to say because i don't think that the people who are expecting the show to suddenly all of a sudden take off and be action-packed with supernatural stuff happening uh, that they're they're going to be very disappointed i think
1: yeah i I think so
0: also can you guess the one place that i cried in this episode
1: the babies in the water
0: You know that was sad, but it wasn't where I cried. I actually cried when Henry gives Luce a hug at the end. Oh yeah, because I I feel like look he finally too late even, but at least he finally understands her relevance in the world as he knows it, and that's through Chester, right?
1: She didn't cry, you guys, with the dead babies in the water.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 such a hardened spirit, but I a hug see. will do it every time to me. So yeah. Uh, a,
1: well, let, to my hardest maybe make, my heart. when I see you. Maybe make sure I don't give you a hug. I don't want you crying all over. Me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. How can people find you on social media, Kente?
1: They can get me at KenteF on Twitter. And they can get me at uh, uh, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the website is indyradio.org. That's indyradio.org. How can they get you?
0: They, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Following Bliss One. Uh, you can find me at my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com and criticallaughs.com. And I just wanted to give a quick shout out to this coming week's Cinema du Fromage, where we're going to have our, uh, count, our, our showcase showdown between two awesome episodes. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure it's going to be awesome.
1: All right. You guys have a great rest of your week. Peace.